Welcome to another episode of our Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your business. In this episode, I talk to Anvid, the founder of Kompovnian, and I'm guessing I missed the between word as companion because there's a P-A-W in the name. Anvit Varanasi, a dedicated entrepreneur with a background in management and a deep love for pets, embarked on a journey to create Companion, an online dog training app that addresses behavioral issues in dogs. Companion uniqueness lies in its fusion of technology and human assistance, making the process of correcting these issues more affordable and enjoyable for pet owners. In this interview, Anvit shares his inspiring journey of conceiving the validation of Companion start, Startup Idea, offering insights into the, his personal and professional growth as an entrepreneur in the world of pet care and innovation. So I hope you enjoy the show. Anvit, welcome to the show. Hi, Ash. Thank you very much. Do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you would like to share with our audience? Yes, I do. Um, so it's a quote by Craig Ballantyne. It goes like, um, success is simple once you accept how hard it is. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but like my journey with that has, it's sort of evolved over the years, you know, where, um, especially after I started, after I got into entrepreneurship full time, which is mm -hmm. about two years, just over two years ago. So, um, I mean, initially it was, I thought it was more on the physical side, you know, like the typical long hours, X, Y, and Z, but then the, the more and more time I spent as a founder, I realized that it was much more than just physical. It's, it's actually more so about developing the mental strength and the discipline, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's needed to sort of have like a tunnel-like vision, mm -hmm. uh, that you're supposed to have as an early stage founder, at least. Because a lot can be going, you know, it's, it's a high pressure and high volatile environment, right? So it's important to A, uh, sort of iron out or like, you know, make sure the curve is as smooth as possible and like, you know, we're, we're rock solid. And mm. the best way to do that is, I guess, have an understanding that it's not an easy journey. And like, you know, that firstly helps me prepare to, to tackle the uncertainties. Indeed, indeed. And your, 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 code started your code gave me a seed for my brain to start thinking because i couldn't agree more with this i i come from um I come from india and when i moved to uk when i was a teenager um i used to get bullied in the schools and every time i used to come back home my mom is like you know what ash you need to you need to understand that the more harder it gets to you the other side of the road will be more, uh, you know, shinier. It, it will be more, you know, light for you there. And that's something which kept me going. Um, and I get, um, you know, I guess that, that that's, that helped me out through my whole career. And that's, that's why, that's what brought me, bring me into the entrepreneurship world. So thanks for that quote. So, so tell us about Companion then. What does the product do? Who is it for? And what's the main problem you're helping to solve here? So dog ownership, as you must have uh, noticed in the UK has increased dramatically, uh, mm -hmm. you know, particularly during and post pandemic, 
And this has definitely fueled a huge increase in behavioral problems in dogs. You know, we've got weekly stories of dog attacks and worse. The BBC, for example, states that uh, dog attacks have actually grown at about twice the rate of the number of new pet dogs in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and studies also reveal that around, so there's a dog trust, which is one of the biggest animal welfare charities in the UK. It conducted mm-hmm. a study which, which revealed that in the UK, there are at least five to six million dogs that currently display undesirable behaviors. And uh, I'm a pet parent myself. And wow. I know how uh, pet, pet, how mostly it does pet, humans are to their pets. So, Indeed. you know, and also tackling this problem of behavioral issues is not simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly where we come in, you know. Uh, owners need an easy and a low cost way to access help and support that is endorsed mm-hmm. by industry experts and certified professionals. As you right. said, that's exactly where we come in. We're building an online dog training app specifically tailored to address behavioral issues in dog. How are we unique? As you said, you know, we inject an element of technology to the existing element of human training assistance mm-hmm. to iron out the uncertainties of dog training. So, you know, we want to make the entire process less stressful and more enjoyable. Our aim, if you put it in, in one single line, is to make dogs smile. Indeed, indeed. And and what the, 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 the part of your family which makes you smile every single time you come back home, it's your job, it's your duty, to be fair, to make sure that at least you're taking care of their mental health so that they can they can replicate that for you. Great stuff. So let's talk about where the story begin. Where, where did the idea for uh, Companion come from? And please pardon me if I'm not, uh, you know, pronouncing the name correctly. And you can correct me what's the right pronunciation for it. That is right. It's So it's companion, you know, like pets are our companions, right? So it's basically companion, but with a paw. So um, that's the idea behind the name. And about how, um, about the journey of companion, well, it started off as a completely different thing. And as, as with every startup, you know, we've had to go through our uh, own set of iterations and pivots. So mm-hmm. initially, when I wanted to, um, you know, start like venture into entrepreneurship full time mm-hmm. uh, being a pet parent myself uh, you know i i felt like pet care industry was a, was a nice like pets and entrepreneurship would be a nice fusion personally for myself given my affinity towards pets and mm-hmm. i'm also someone who believes in uh, being emotionally connected to the work because that's exactly when you can you know really enjoy your work and find a sense of purpose from it Sure. So when I when I then you know like um, I just started introspecting about you know the problems that I face as a pet parent with with my pooch at home. So I've got a lovely golden retriever back home, and um, one of the issues I faced in particular was finding playdates for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because typically you take you take your dog to a park or on the street, right? And more often than not. Um, these places are filled with, um, you know, dogs with all sorts of temperaments and breeds and also sizes. And mm-hmm. that's when I realized the importance of, um, you know, having a dedicated platform that would let owners uh, browse through and select playdates with dogs with similar temperaments, um, mm-hmm. you know, such that it becomes more fruitful. 
and I couldn't find any such platform. And so the initial idea was to go out and build, if you could say, like a Tinder for dogs for owners. Mm-hmm. So you know, like arranged more, arranged more informed play dates for their pets. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I've majored. Uh, I studied. I'm a management student, and I, I majored in entrepreneurship and innovation. So one of mm-hmm. the fundamentals that I have learned, and I strongly believe in entrepreneurship, is that you you don't chase a solution or you don't chase an idea you chase the problem that your particular idea is trying to solve mm-hmm. and then uh, so my initial step was um, i went and i did some customer discovery research which typically involved you know speaking to a few hundred dog owners mm-hmm. to basically try and understand if it was a problem that was big enough to be solved mm-hmm. and in that process i realized that uh, finding play dates was not as big a problem as I thought it was for for mm-hmm. a majority of the population or like majority of the pet pet owners. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I sort of had to go back to square one where I was like, okay, fine. If that's not a big enough problem, what is your biggest problem? You know, what do you really struggle with? Yeah. And that's exactly how I got to, I got the initial insight that a lot of the pet parents' biggest concern is behavioral issues in dog, you know, mm-hmm. then that then I sort of like dissect into it to exactly understand the nuances of it and you know like what within you know behavioral issues are they really struggling with you know what are the existing solutions they have and why you know what are the inefficiencies in the existing solutions to then try and you know do a bit of design thinking and finally come up with whatever we have right okay got your point and this is very interesting because even though your idea is very, you know, it's very specific niche, um, but it your journey as an entrepreneur has taken you through exact same steps or ups and downs, which any other entrepreneur could go through, to be fair, right? Um, you, you hit a blocker, then you go back to square one, then you figure out something and then you again, you know, but you keep going. So, so I want to, I want to learn more about you, your, your upbringing, childhood, and your early experiences, etc. But before we go into that, let's talk more about when you had this epiphany. Did you looked into the market? Were there any similar products? What was going on in that time? And what did you see from your research that encouraged you to move ahead with the, with the oral idea? Uh, and I know that you already mentioned that you do, you did. Um, interviewed hundreds of pet owners and that's how you figured out but was there any other um, analysis part of that research or there is an other data sources for you available for 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 this conclusion yeah i studied management and entrepreneurship at university right so you know um, analysis and evaluation like all of this like comes second nature to me i can't help it but uh, yeah. yeah it was i would say it was a blend of uh first-hand insights from pet owners combined with uh, lots of, you know, um, secondary market research. So the market mm-hmm. research, like once we figured that this is the problem that we want to solve, then obviously, like if you wanted to digitize it, you know, it's, it's going to be an online dog training app. So then the secondary research basically involved um, what are, you know, how many online dog training apps are there in the market? You know, what is each of their strength? What, what is each of their weaknesses? You know, and then to try and find gaps and correlate them with the unique selling points that we've developed for ourselves. 
So uh, if you want to, if you want me to, you know, vaguely explain it or simply quickly explain it. Uh, uh, most of the online or all of the online dog training apps that are out there uh, mainly focus on uh, puppy training. So that's your basic obedience training. You sit, stand, a few tricks. And these are something that can be easily operationalized. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could sort of like um, create a few modules and but with behavioral training, a one-size-fits-all approach does not work because each dog has different issues. You know, it could have different things that cause anxiety or aggression, and you know, like the triggers for each dog could be dif- different. It's it's not feasible and not possible to sort of generalize them. So mm. then, the like a lot of work involved around analyzing how we can operationalize whilst approaching um, a unique personalized um, you know way of going about addressing each issues because ultimately we we want to make sure our solution works to the best of its capabilities mm-hmm. right okay and and this is very interesting because there are some business models based on a software as a service or an app, which could be replicated in current world quicker, faster, because they are sort of like inspired by other solutions built by other entrepreneurs. But then when when there is some, when something like Companion comes comes around and the, in, and the way how the whole operation or the whole whole solution works is different than the usual modules available in the market. It's get more difficult for an entrepreneur, for a founder to put them all together. So would you be able to share the process you potentially, I'm not saying that it's a bulletproof process. You might have fallen down and come back up, but would you be able to share with our listeners of what process you have um, taken on board on the table to get the first MVP done for yourself? Um, that would help uh, a lot of founders. Before I do that, I'd like to quickly uh, shed light on one important aspect, which I uh, think is relevant and useful. So, you know, like dog training, typically, um, I mean, normal dog training, sure, that's that's still fine. It's, but like when you're training your dog to address a few of the issues that it already has, mm-hmm. and as I said, because it's it's an emotional, you know, journey for you know pet dog owners as well one of the fundamental philosophies that we've approached is empathy you know because more than addressing issues what we realized as part of the customer uh, interviews and like you know my personal interactions with like potential customers is that they need reassurance yeah you know like and that's that's something no amount of technology or artificial intelligence can replicate you know Mm. Uh, you can you can have you know as detailed plans as possible. You can have like you know as good metrics as possible to sort of like show them mm-hmm. the solution is working. But mm-hmm. at the end, you know, like you need a person to just you know put a hand on your shoulder and just say it's all right. You know, we're there with you along the journey. Don't worry, you're not alone. And uh, let's collectively try and you know help solve all your issues and that's a fundamental ethos of companion you know we don't mm-hmm. just want to be like a digital app or like you know like a SaaS platform how we also mm-hmm. want to differ is um the way we 
I like to think of uh, ourselves as partners to our clients. Mm. You know, uh, we want to be there uh, along their journey and help them address the issues. Now, coming to your question of how I've actually developed the MVP. Um, so what I did was when I so again taking a step back when I spoke with these uh, those uh, 200 odd dog owners and when I you know did my own bit of design thinking and ideation. Mm -hmm. I then went back to them uh, just to sort of uh, cross-validate whether or not I because identifying the problem is one thing, but building a solution that is right to address the problem is another thing. Mm -hmm. So basically, what what I went back and did was um, I'm uh, I'm part of a lot of like dog owner groups on Facebook and Reddit, mm -hmm. and um, you know I've, I've built a relationship with them over a few months as part of my initial uh, customer you know, research. Hmm. So while I had like an idea of what the solution could be like in my back pocket, uh, because I had, I had built a relationship with them, I went back to them for like a third round and just, I was just like, okay, fine. So we've, I understood what your problems are, right? So how do you think they could be solved? You know, like if you would like to see an app or a solution out there that could help you iron out some of these difficulties you face, what mm -hmm. would it look like? And I got an unbelievable amount of insight, mm -hmm. you know, and then I basically cross verified that with the ideas that I had. And um, it basically allowed me to take and implement a lot of the ideas that users have suggested because mm -hmm. ultimately I'm building a product for them to use. So I want to make sure that my product has whatever they want. Right. So, and once I had all of this, uh, the process of actually building the, uh, the, MVP itself was, was pretty straightforward, I'd say. So because um, I basically outsourced it to an agency, mm -hmm. um, I might just plug it in. It's called VertiCode. They specialize in building MVPs for startups, you know, mm -hmm. early stage startups, and they were a great team to work with. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. That's great. So, so from what I have understood, is majority of your work was actually. Uh, majority of your work involved user research, gaining insights from the actual end users of your solution. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, taking research, uh, mm -hmm. you know, making my own understanding out of it. But mm -hmm. then most essentially, like, whatever my insights or my ideas were that from that research, then it the second most important thing involved taking those ideas or insights back to the users to ensure there was a correlation sure 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 okay great stuff so, and, and and i would like to go into you know where you are in terms of business size of team etc but before we go into that um i'm eager to learn more about uh, the person behind this this venture you know can you take us back to your roots and share our with our listeners about your upbringing, childhood, how did your early experiences shaped your journey and eventually led you to become a visionary entrepreneur you are today? Sure, so I'm from India too. Um, come from the southern part of India, there's a city called Hyderabad. Um, mm -hmm. The only child um, come from a doctor, I was born into a doctor's family. Mm -hmm. um, and looking back, I guess one of the biggest um, things that has shaped uh, me into the person that I am is the fact that I was I was given a complete 
freedom to sort of just choose whichever profession I wanted to get into, you mm. know? So, and um, I chose, I wanted to be a business manager, entrepreneurship. And like, it's funny because when people are like, typically like people have like one or two, you know, like Eureka moments or sometimes, you know, they, mm. they trial and experiment and, but that was not the case with me. In fact, like when I decided that I wanted to be a businessman, like I was, I'd say I was quite young. Mm -hmm. I was, I don't think I, I perhaps was in my teens or maybe not. And it was just a random thought that came, you know, and um, it just stuck with me. And mm -hmm. so after I finished my GCSEs, so I took sciences in GCSEs and I was not a great fan of sciences. Mm -hmm. uh, so for my, uh, for my eight, a levels i i chose business and economics uh, as my majors and i really enjoyed studying them you know because we given their relevance to uh, you know day to day lives like you know for example like in business business management module especially like it involved a lot of like research on real life case studies and you know like identifying and analyzing what existing businesses are doing and that really appealed to me mm. and then about entrepreneurship, it was, I guess it was more of a, initially when, so I did my bachelor's or undergrad from Nottingham Trent University. Um, I majored in business management and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And about why I chose entrepreneurship, it was more of a logical choice because mm -hmm. I come from a doctor's family and I don't have a business to take over. So mm -hmm. if I wanna, you know, become a businessman, then I'd have to, you know, start, build my own business. Indeed. So, 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 were there any key influences from your uh, family or extended family or even surroundings, you know, like that played a significant role in shaping your entrepreneurial spirit? For example, an uncle or a friend or a friend's dad, some somebody like, have you read Rich Dad and Poor Dad? Because that I person... I have read Rich Dad and Poor Dad, yes. Something, you, some, someone like that. You could say... Um, well, I mean, although my father's a doctor, uh, when he was when he was young, mm -hmm. um, you know, like he set out to build his own practice. So, you know, that is also entrepreneurial. Like he he decided that um, he wanted to establish his own practice, and uh, you know, he's built it from scratch. Mm -hmm. So you could say, maybe subconsciously, that always, you know, played an effect, or you could even say it, it may perhaps runs in the genetics. Mm -hmm. But uh, ever ever since a young age, I I guess I was I had I had a great affinity towards uh, leadership roles. For example, um, mm -hmm. I was a member of the student council in my high school. Uh, you know, not mm -hmm. sure if a lot of your listeners are aware of the concept, but um, so you like leadership. I like okay. leadership. Yes, entrepreneurship. Okay, that's great. That's great. Okay, that's that's interesting. So so let's let's go back to the so, to the business side then. So so could you give us a, a sense of the size of the business, how many users you have on your application platform, size of team, etc. Sure. So um, we're currently a team of four. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the founder. Um, I I'm working closely with um, a certified dog trainer slash behaviorist. Mm -hmm. um you know she's got 15 plus years of experience so it's you could say i'm sort of like the business mind whereas she's she's the theoretical or like the you know the the training mind behind it mm -hmm. uh we also got a team of a small team of two uh lovely 
marketing like two lovely and uh, staff mm-hmm. take care of all things marketing so yeah mm-hmm. we're still quite young we're small you know it's very informal between us there's no hierarchy or anything is it we're, is it completely bootstrap or have you taken any funding it's completely bootstrapped um so that involves you know like my own resources but mm-hmm. also as i said like i did my masters from imperial college london and we have our in house incubation uh, center or like an accelerator called the enterprise lab and mm-hmm. they've been a great help because uh, so the initial customer discovery research that i did uh, mm-hmm. i joined a program called the discovery fund wherein mm-hmm. they you know gave us a certain amount of money to go you spend that on research and fortunately at the end it was a competition so at the end of it i was one of the winners of the competition as well so there was mm-hmm. a prize money which also came in handy mm-hmm. that's good that's good it's always it's always good while you're you're into the um into the first or initial phases of your startup journey it's always helpful either um you know uh, financial help or 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 mental coaching help all this kind of help yeah. is sort of like a build an environment around you to keep give you more motivation and and keep you focused for your goal and it's also a great way of validation right because early stages it's all sort of like on paper you know there's nothing concrete on mm. the ground it's just a bunch of ideas and uh, when you know if you're able to convince a panel or uh, you know certain people of your idea you know that that's a great way of validating and like you know further boosting self confidence in so one thing which is highlighted uh, from our conversation in last 30 minutes or something is you did a lot of uh, talking with your end customers you did a lot of research and i interview a lot of founders and i talk to them in person also and one thing they face challenge with is connecting with their end users connecting with the actual people who are going to use their solution what was the process you followed in terms of gaining access to these people were there you, you said that you're a member of facebook and a reddit group but that's something available for everyone on the internet but what exactly you actually did in terms of becoming a go to personality where these people are connecting with you talking to you because it's a it's a huge deal right somebody spending time with you to talk to you right it's not it, 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 at least in england i i know that it's people don't easily give their time to you i guess the the good part of building a pet care startup is that there are lots and lots of dogs in the uk and it's very easy to find them you know sometimes all you've got to do is just go to a, the nearest park mm. it's it's as simple as that and uh, let's face it you know people love talking about their pets i can go on and on about my my golden retriever you know yeah yeah um so that i guess that has definitely made it easier to access you know potential users or potential clients which are dog owners mm. and firstly i did not find the fact that i was in indian to be a hindrance or a challenge mm-hmm. um you know firstly I, i i i did not find that to be the case and you've got to understand that like um being a mem- i've been a member of these dog owner groups for mm-hmm. a while before i uh, you know like i started asking them for for their insights you know as part of my research so 
I guess mm-hmm. like in hindsight for online platforms or communities, the fact that I was an active member, uh, you know, where I could, you know, be like interact or engage on each other posts and comments, X, Y, and Z, I guess that also built a certain level of familiarity. Yeah. That has definitely, you know, made things easier for me. Mm-hmm. So basically you're not saying that it was instant. You've been a member of the community. You have been um, uh, somebody whom, who, who is a part of that community for a, for a, uh, you know, uh, you, for, for a period of time. And that helped you create your personality with other people in the group or community. And then that um, that also helped you to interact with them, start questioning them and then get more insights. Yeah, I would say it definitely helped uh, build um, a relationship or sort mm-hmm. of like break the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk more about the business model then. Um, you say that, so let's say, let's consider a hypothetical question. Uh, you know, like I, my, my name is Ash, I have a, a dog and I am concerned about my dog's mental health. What how do I get onboarded with your solution? What are the different steps and what sort of revenue model is in the place which makes you money as a as a solution provider? So uh, our business model is simple. It's, it's a monthly subscription plan because another thing we want to tackle is finding a certified behaviorist is expensive. It's not cheap. You know, the yeah. average cost, the average lifetime cost of hiring certified behaviorist is 600 pounds in the uk mm. you know and we love our pets you know we want to go above and beyond and we could do anything and spend any amount of money but we also have to take into consideration the economic climate that we are in you know with rising costs of living inflation it's, it's not easy 600 pounds is i wouldn't say it's a massive amount of money but it's not a small amount either you know mm. like Lots of people might have to think twice before spending a few hundred pounds on something. Sure, so sure. we wanted to make it affordable as well. But at the same time, we want to, uh, we also want to ensure utmost quality. Mm. So that's our business. Uh, it's a tier-based subscription program. Uh, you know, we've got like two pricing points. That's how the business model and the revenues work. And could you remind me of your other question? I was just wondering, like, how do I, so is it like a, a phone yeah. app or a ba- browser-based app? How does it work? And then what sort of pricing you have for, for individuals like me? That's right, user journey. So our current MVP is a web-based app, which mm-hmm. means that you could also add download and add it to your home screen as a widget. The reason we went ahead with, um, you know, creating a web-based app was, the primary reason was, um, while we know that majority of the people in the UK use iPhones, the fact that we're building an app doesn't restrict our target market to just the UK. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a global platform. In, in fact, like the of the of the people who have of the users who've taken part in our pilot test, you mm-hmm. know, they come from they don't just come from the UK. They come from three different continents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, one of so yes, we wanted to sort of also get information on what what operating systems or you know what devices people use the most so hence why we built um, a web-based app and mm-hmm. the user journey is very simple you, you you user creates an account and then they're taken through 
um, a sort of like a gamified or an interactive survey or like mm -hmm. a quiz. Mm -hmm. And the quiz, the aim of that quiz is to get as much understanding as possible about the exact issues a particular user is facing with their pet. And the so once they use the science up, they're taken through a very interactive quiz in the form of a questionnaire. And the, our aim is to get as much information as possible from the guests or like our users um about the exact issue they're facing with their dog sometimes it could be multiple issues you know and the information from that quiz is then uh sort of like accessed by our uh, in-house you know certified dog trainer slash behaviorist yeah um sometimes it could also involve you know having like a one-on-one -on -one conversation mm -hmm. with the user to then uh put together a tailored program to help address issues indeed indeed okay great stuff and from a subscription perspective then how much it will cost me if i register on the tier one like the basic package on that it's simple it's 9.99 a month so it's nine pound 99 it's under 10 pounds a month 10 pounds a month okay that's good that's good so i i i, I bet you get lots of lots of customers because i think 10 pounds a month to look after uh, my dog, I would definitely do that because that's something. Mm -hmm. Your dogs are your are like your babies. You you, you don't, you know, you don't look at how much you have to spend if yeah. it is so little, and then you just take it. Great stuff, and uh, and with uh, I want to talk to you more, but it's like uh, we ha we have very less time remaining right now, and you know, as the structure of the podcast also. So before I take you to the lightning round, mm -hmm. I want to ask you one, one more question, which is throughout your journey and experience, you know, there must have been valuable lessons learned. You know, if you, if you don't mind, could you reflect on your experience and tell us about one mistake or a setback, or maybe not a mistake, it's just a lesson learned that you have encountered along the way that you now consider a learning in your life and then what advice would you give us our listeners based on this experience i like the fact that you've used the word lesson and not a mistake because that's exactly how i look at my mistakes you know yeah. so what lesson learned uh, and what's important for me personally is to make sure i learn from something and when i learn from something to make sure i don't repeat that mistake again sure um, so I guess my one biggest learning, especially for Componion, you know, my journey with Componion is it's not over till it's over, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because, uh, the initial phase of customer discovery and research and ideation that took a li little longer than I thought, mm -hmm. you know, because you've got like lots of data to analyze and then, you know, you iterate, um, and you know, like sometimes you iterate, you come up, you get really excited about an idea you think it could really solve and then you take it to customers and you know they're not so excited yeah yeah so i guess in those moments it's about just taking it on the chin and just just going back to the drawing board indeed know? okay so so we should wrap up now then we, we are gonna go into the lightning round i've got six quick fire questions for you so just try um and answer them as quickly as you can sure. ready okay yeah. 
what what one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder um i'd say self awareness and like self you know, like having that personal development arc mm-hmm. is very important to um sort of like help a founder stay grounded through volatility you know mm-hmm. personally like um that's i'd say like that's been one of my biggest traumas yeah yeah and i i couldn't agree more on this one because this is this is something which which comes from inside you know you you can't you can't just you can always learn entrepreneurship become a founder but this 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 is something has to be developed yeah. in your your personality because, because in in like you know only in high pressure or high wallet high volatile situations is when there's an increased need to think with a calm mind you know mm-hmm. indeed indeed okay so what book would you recommend to our audience and why um sort of going back to my previous answer i'd say like um um a starting level or like you know like a basic book at uh for personal development and self awareness is uh, it's the power of your subconscious mind by joseph murphy mm. um and that has sort of like i read that book like a few years ago mm. uh, before I, fortunately before i started working on companion and that was the first time i was ever ex- exposed or like introduced to the concept of subconscious mind and you know like it's a very easy to read book you know it's, it doesn't have a lot of like technical jargon in it very simple the author makes it you know it re- he relates it to um day to day instances in life and that is sort of like put me on that path of reading more and more books around you know this subject sure sure what what's one of the best pieces of business advice you have received the best piece of advice i have received um in fact is to focus on problem and not the solution Mhm. It's yeah. uh, we had um we had we had a guest lecture by the uh, the author of the lean startup. Mhm. And that was, you know, one thing he constantly reiterated on. Focus yeah. on the problem. Indeed, if you if you understand the problem completely, it helps you build the solution ultimately yeah. so that. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? I journal a lot. Mm. So there's that but um I'm also a huge fan of motorsport. Mm-hmm. So you know I follow Formula 1 but I also do a lot of like karting in my free time. Mm-hmm. So that's I wouldn't exactly call it a productivity hack but like if I want to unwind mm-hmm. you know that's my go to thing you know anything related to motorsport it's it's almost like it's therapeutic for me you know so that that's like that's my way of like switching off and recharging my batteries sure sure got it got it uh what's a new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had the time a new or a crazy business idea i would like to pursue hmm that's that's a tough one you know there's lots of chatter about um ai replacing humans right mm. um 
I'm too naive in that subject, but like from what whatever little understanding I have, um, one one uh, sort of like no brainer is that AI cannot replace human emotions, right? Yeah. So maybe not as a business idea, but I'd want to explore that aspect more. Hmm. Mm. Indeed. Yeah, and that's and that's going to be so much valuable in in next ten to fifteen years because. Yeah everybody will be interacting with AI onto their day-to-day life and they will miss human touch, human connection at some point. Yeah. So that, that's something because also coming because also like, because my father's the doctor and he's a psychiatrist, you know, in mm-hmm. that. So a lot of his job or profession involves, you know, providing reassurance to, you know, to his patients. So I've seen, you know, how beneficial or how good the human element of it is. So just out of curiosity, you know, I just like to see if it can be replicated. I'm not saying it should, but I just want to check, see what the other side looks like. Sure, sure. And the last question is, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Hmm. It's one interesting thing that a lot of people don't know about me is it's the fact that it's it's funny, but like it's the fact that every time I get asked this question, I I tell myself that I need to come up with an answer, but I still haven't managed to come up with one yet. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Great. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the lightning round done then. So great, great, Anit. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story, unpacking the last few years of building this amazing you know business and some of the ups and downs along the way if people want to check out companion what's the best way to do that and if folks want to get in touch with you personally what's the best way to do that um well my name is Anvit Varanasi you can find me on LinkedIn um I'll share a link to you if if, you know you want to attach it yeah um as for the company website it's simple it's www.companion.co.uk so that's companion but with a pop um, you can type the same and find our, uh, you know, find us on Instagram, Threads, Facebook, Twitter, and even LinkedIn. Mm. And I'm happy to send send over those links as well if you want to attach them. Indeed, definitely, I will. I'll put that into the, into the description. Great. And with, uh, I love the our conversation. It was, you know, thank you so much for joining us today and and sharing your inspiring journey and impactful work you're doing with Companion. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Founders Podcast. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it too. Thank you all for tuning in to our episode of Founders Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Anvit insightful and inspiring. If you're a founder or industry expert interested in getting into or sharing your story on our podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out. Simply email me at ash at artcircles.com and let's connect for a potential interview opportunity if you enjoyed this episode make sure to check out companion website and subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts we have a lineup of incredible guests and valuable insights coming your way stay inspired stay motivated and keep building